Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Fears Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women rising above life's difficult circumstances and taking action where passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Using our God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. And I hope that this podcast inspires and encourages other women to step out of their doubt, step into faith, and use their gifts to walk in their fierce calling. In today's episode, The Mentor Mom, Loving Your Teens and Adult Kids Well, I welcome my friend Meg Gleasoner. She was raised by a father who was an atheist, and her mom had little faith. And when Jesus got a hold of Meg's heart as a teen, he transformed her life and brought new hope. Her life's joy is being a mom, and she especially loves being a mom to teens and her adult children who are now parents themselves. So hear what it means to be a mentor mom and her important takeaways in how to love our teens and adult kids well. You'll be encouraged by her words today. And even if you don't have teens and or adult kids, there are kids in your life, nieces, nephews, maybe kids that you mentor at church, this episode is for you. So listen in while I have a chat with Meg Gleesner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. And I am excited today to welcome my friend, Meg Gleesner. You're going to love what she has to say today. She's a Seattle mama of eight kids, which is amazing. She's a wife of 31 years and she is also a podcaster. Yeah. Seattle mom of eight. That's amazing. What a fierce calling that is. So Meg, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doris. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast and I love fierce women. So celebrate all of us out there. Absolutely. Yay. That's awesome. Yes. And just because the podcast is just to encourage that women do have a fierce calling and it can be anything in any stage of their life. And you have an amazing ministry that you do with your podcast, but you are also involved in a lot of other different types of ministry. But what I love about what comes through is the joy that you have in family, just equipping families and just helping moms navigate some difficult waters. And I know your kids are different age groups and some are out and some are still home. So glad to have you on today, Meg. And I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you are taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Thank you, Doris. Yeah, I'd be glad to, you know, I was looking up the word fierce and it says unrestrained zeal, furiously active. And I, I think as moms, we have that furious zeal, you know, Mm -hmm. before our kids are ever born, there is a passion. And I know for me, when I was little, I always wanted to be a mom. And I grew up in kind of a rough upbringing where kind of one of those pinball childhoods where there's, you know, alcoholism and divorce and a lot of hurt and bad things. And I didn't grow up in an environment that was really conducive to being a loving mama Mm -hmm. or, and and my mom did what she could. She was a single mom on welfare and raising kids when my dad was kind of out of the picture. We also didn't have faith in the home. My dad was an atheist. And so there was not as much purpose or focus in the home. We were kind of left to our own hearts and minds and it was a really insecure 
little girl and didn't know where I fit in in the world. And, you know, you know, fast forward to high school and you're just, you know, what's, what's going on? What's it about? And I was living with my dad at the time and there were so many things that come up in the, in the teen years and you're just trying to figure everything out. And when I was 16 years old, I remember it so clearly. My friend Sonia invited me to come and hang out with her and her friends. I was having, as girls do, some friendship drama and trying to, uh, she said, come hang out with me. And I thought, wow, she's so nice. And I started going to these things called kind of like young life, but it was called campus life in high school. And they were talking about God and I didn't really know what they were talking about. And so I was listening and then I went over to friends afterwards, after a dance, it was this co-ed hangout. We were just hanging out in this room, chatting. And this fellow Lance opened up the Bible and he shared John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And I was sitting there and my heart was burning within me when he shared that. And he said, uh, does anyone want to give their life to Christ? And I said, I do. And I was too shy to pray out loud, but I prayed in my heart and I gave my life to the Lord that night. He gave me his Bible. I woke up the next day because I spent the night at my friend's house it was a new world. I really did have that experience of feeling a burden lifted, like the clouds were parted. And so having that experience of not growing up in a Christian home and seeing God fully transform my life completely on my own was a beautiful thing. So then a real transformative thing happened right, right after that. I thought, you know, I'll tell my dad that I am a Christian. And so I'm like, hey, dad, what, you know, what do you think about God? And he said, I'm the one who puts the food on the table. I'm the one who pays the rent and there's no room for God in my house. It was a very angry alcoholic who had got sober the next year, but in, you know, like we had 10 foot pot plants in the backyard. My, my dad and mm -hmm. stepmom smoked a bomb with them in the living room. It was just a lot of dysfunctional yeah. stuff. And my dad, I didn't tell him I was a Christian at that point because he was so angry and hostile and it scared me. Mm -hmm. So I just kept quietly reading my Bible and growing in my faith little by little. I went to college and I met some Christians who love God. And I looked at them and I thought, wow, I want to know the Lord like they know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, I was pursuing a sports and a college scholarship as well and all those kind of things, but decided to let that go and just focus on my life with God and really started growing. And, uh, one day a girl who was discipling me said, Meg, do you want to come to church? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I went and I loved it so much. So I went to tell my dad, hey, dad, I, you know, I went to church and he was like, what? I'd rather you told me uh, that you were on drugs than that you were a Christian and you are not welcome to live in my house if you want to be a Christian. So yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So I I left the house. My dad kicked me out of the house. He wouldn't let me say goodbye to my sisters or my stepsisters. Wow. How yeah. old were you, Meg, at that point? I was 17. Oh, golly. Yeah, that's tough. Real tough stuff. A young college student, just growing in my faith, but mm. getting kicked out of the house because of that. And I was a good student. I was all those things that, have, you know, I was a good kid. Mm. And so 
it was it was a blessing in a way because I was kind of tired of hiding my Bible every time mm -hmm. my dad would walk by. You know, oh, I was afraid he was gonna catch me or reading the Bible, and that's. It was so nice to move in with my mom and just to be able to walk with the Lord freely. That is so difficult for a young teen to be navigating persecution like that, you know, in their own home. So God had such a great plan for you. I love that he just did a work in you and a transformation. Yeah, I'm, I am so thankful for that. And, and so I met my husband also at that Bible study, the first one that I went to and the back of my mind, I think this is the one. And I made a commitment not to date until my last year of college because I wanted to just have my relationship with God strong because my upbringing was so dysfunctional. Year, year of college, three months later, he proposed. We got married right after I graduated from college. Awesome. And then within a month, uh, I was pregnant after right after getting married and within a year we got sent up from california to seattle to plant a church and so so motherhood for me began pretty young and i i think that's probably the core of where my passion mm. my passion and zeal is i love being a mother i love being a grandmother and as i was saying earlier so while you're pregnant you pray for those kids in the yeah. womb when they're born you know you you treasure each one you look at their strengths and differences yeah you get frustrated with each one too and at some point you're ready to give them all up for adoption but you know <laughs> you <Yeah>. uh <laughs> you you try and teach them god's ways and the word and just read books and cooking and so i'm so passionate about being a mom i've been a stay-at-home mom for uh, well, 30 years. So. Yeah, that is amazing. I love, first of all, I love how you said in the beginning that fierce means furiously active because that is an awesome way to describe a fierce calling. And I just love how this story where you're, you know, your whole background of your upbringing and everything is going to encourage a lot of people because even from a shaky foundation of a shaky parental foundation, a shaky foundation, um, you know, growing up, Jesus is our firm foundation and he was pursuing you like mad, you know, <laughs> and just drawing you in. And so that is such an encouragement that regardless of the kind of life we've been through or the hardships and the circumstances that we all in Christ can have a firm foundation and it doesn't have to be a cycle. I think some people fear that, don't they? That there could be a cycle of, am I going to repeat this with my kids? Did you ever have thoughts of that or any kind of uh, fear about that? Absolutely. You realize as you get older, uh, you know, if you've had a rough upbringing, you tend to think, I don't, I don't want to be like my mom like that. I would never be like that or my dad or, but as you grow older, you see those tendencies. Mm -hmm. oh, I do have a tendency to be absent or I have a tendency for anger. And so it's, of course, the road of mothering is fierce. And we are. It, you, you realize that you, you have struggles. We're human. We have a lot of things to overcome but god is mm. bigger and god 
has grace. And for me, I just always thought, oh, all my kids are going to walk with the Lord. They're going to probably just marry another Christian young man or woman. You know, you just don't think that in your mind you have this ideal of how everything's going to be. I thought, I thought I went through so much as a, as a child that that was my testimony. But I would say probably my most formative thing that is the core of my passion is just what God has done through me in mothering. The whole journey of motherhood has been quite a transformation for me. Yeah. And I love how you are involved in ministries that have that core message and that have that heart for the family unit and for strengthening our children and praying for our children. Cause I know you're involved in, you know, moms in prayer and you lead some 10th grade girls. Is that right? Yes. I've been on <laughs> zoom calls. We just had a really fun zoom scavenger hunt two <laughs> nights ago where I had them uh, bringing vacuums to the zoom mm. and I had their parents doing the, the YMCA. All of us <laughs> remember that out there. So yeah, yeah I, I, I love helping young moms and giving back. I've been a mentor mom. I'm in a mom's group. Mothering can be such a hard point when you have lots of littles, when you have so many things. I had three kids, two and under. We didn't, for all you mamas out there, we didn't get the whole, you know, husbands having six weeks of leave back then. Or, And I know there's a lot of great working moms out there and just everyone's trying to make it all work. But, uh, and so I love being when a mentor mom, you just get to help moms and encourage them and lighten their load. And it's such a blessing because it is, it is tough when you're in the, right there in the trenches. So I love helping back, helping get back with that. And I also, because I went through a tough childhood or I, you know, it really gets me when someone says, oh, there's this kid and he's, he's, he's a problem kid, or there's this teenager, and I've got like a nieces and nephews, and sometimes people don't believe in them, but I look at that one, and I think, how can I bless my niece? How can I be in her life? How can I be in that teenager's life? Who's reaching out to that young mom? How's she doing today during quarantine with her three littles? And so I really feel like God's given me a ministry of encouragement, Mm-hmm. And so I, whoever the Lord lays on my heart, I text, I pray for, I encourage, or I'll interview them on the podcast and yeah. that's another way of encouragement. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I love that phrase that you said, mentor mom. So what a blessing that you have this ministry to, you know, want to encourage and help other moms navigate. Motherhood's hard. I mean, it is, it is hard. And I love how you were telling me a little bit about the things that bring you joy and how you also love to watch your adult kids now being parents, like your, your daughters being moms and how has that affected you and how do you interact with that? Cause I know there's a difficult um, balance between interfering or, you know, just being yeah. supportive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it is such a joy to be a mom through the ages. When they're little, you're tired and worn out and trying to direct. When they're teenagers, they're trying to figure things out. And I found in their 20s, that whole transition between uh, teens and 20s as they're launching into adulthood, some of that can be a little a little rocky where, you know, they're trying to assert independence or figure out what their faith is and what they're going to do with their life. And so 
I think the thing that I have learned is my role in that arena is just to be a listener. Mm-hmm. How can I come alongside them with eight kids? We've got, I've got like four in college right now, and I've got them five different states and some are mothers. And so when I call them, I try and listen, what's on their heart? How can I come alongside them? How can I bless them? When I go visit and my daughter in Eastern Canada has two littles and she's pregnant, what's important to them as parents? How can I come alongside? I try and just be a really good Mm -hmm. listener to see how I can support, how I can pray for them. It's still such a beautiful ministry. You think when you're younger, oh, my kids won't need me. They still need you, right? In the 20s, in some ways they need you more, you know, whether it's recipes or encouragement or else we have one daughter who's buying a house right now and I love being a mother of adult kids and what you don't hear about you always hear about how fun it is to be a grandmother right Right. which it is thank you God it's such a blessing (laughs) but what you don't hear about as much and has taken me by surprise is the joy of watching your kids be parents. Watching our two daughters be mothers has been one of the greatest joys, and I'm so thankful for that. Yes, I can totally relate to that too, because we have two children. They're both adults and have their own families, and it is such a joy to see them parent their children. And it's so funny too, in a way, because they can be really like, good disciplinarians and, you know, strict about, no, you can't eat that before dinner. And I'm thinking, gee, I think I used to (laughs) eat that before dinner. Like, where did they get this from? You know, but it's just amazing to watch, you know, and it is a blessing. It just is a joy like that the Lord allows and he allows us to bless, you know, others, but then also for us to be blessed by it. And the great, great thing that you just said is listening. So I love that you said that because, you know, oftentimes it's easy for us because we also are going through our own stuff, you know, and so it's easy for us to want to just jump right in and talk about what's happening with us. But I love that you brought out the fact of how important it is to listen and give them an opportunity to share their heart because you never know what's going to come out of that. And so that, that was a great tip and that's a great action we can take. And it's, it's not overwhelming. It's a simple action is just to open our ears and listen. And all kids, they're all so different, right? So one of them likes to start talking right away. One of them, it takes 20 minutes into the conversation. <laughs> they don't want you to ask a question. And then they're just kind of bubbling over with everything that you wanted to talk with them about. Yes, yeah, so that's it really is. It's it's definitely interesting to navigate and see how they have different personalities and everything. And and I just love too how our church, and I know a lot of churches out there are beginning to get involved in fostering programs and fostering children and helping them because as you have related your background and the difficulties that you have had growing up, you know, it's so hard for these children who are taken from their homes because of dysfunction and how even though those that may not have become parents biologically are still involved in different other ways where they can impact and influence the lives of children you know around them or teens you know get involved in youth ministry at their church children's ministry because it's it's really so important 
for the generations to be healthy and strengthened in that foundation of Christ. So what are some of the other ways that you have found it possible to interact with the teens that you work with? Um, how do you usually minister to them? I, I love working with teens and a lot of people are afraid of teens. Yes. And you know what? They're just people. And I've helped with youth for, well, since I was 18, I've been in high school ministry at different places. And you know what? Those shy kids, the one who you go up and say hello or give a hug and they look like they're not absorbing anything. Mm -hmm. Those kids come back to you 10 years and they remember. So I try not to pay attention to all the, you know, <laughs> visible responses yeah. sometimes. And they just, I think kids just love when you love them. Everyone wants to be loved and mm -hmm. heard and cared for. I'm like, hey, how was your game? Or I'll try and go to a game and I'll text them. I texted some of their mothers for Mother's Day. Two of the girls in my small group, their mothers had COVID. And mm. there's so many things going on. I interacted with four of the moms this week from our kids' small group, my co-leaders in her 20s. She's great. And it's also another chance for me. Most of the high school leaders are in their 20s. So I get to reach out to them too. It's a really neat bunch of people. And with mothering, it takes up so much time when you have so many littles I really didn't have a lot of extra time mm -hmm. and now that I, I don't want to say only have four at home <laughs> COVID's brought yeah. two two bonus so I just have two teenagers and we have really easy sweet teenagers so I have more time to minister and to do things like reaching mm -hmm. out to youth and I'm really thankful for that yeah I love hearing how you are not only reaching out and mentoring in ministering to the youth, but also to their moms. Teen life is hard as it is. So having a good uh, Christian mentor, you know, someone who truly loves and cares about them is so important. And kids can smell that a mile away, can't they? <laughs> if somebody really cares about them. They can, and it doesn't matter how old we are. I mean, like I'm a 53-year-old, you know, grandma, and, mm -hmm. you know, they just, everyone can, everyone can reach out to people or how, however God lays on our heart. Maybe you're more shy or quiet, but everyone can make a difference, right? In other people's yeah. lives. And that's something that I'm very passionate about is that we just have one life. We have one life. Life is short. How can we make a difference and impact our mm -hmm. world? And it can be a season, like for me, for years, where all I could do is get through my day because I had so much on my plate personally. And as God opens up our hearts and schedule, he, he'll lead us for different ways to minister and every little bit helps. I think that's one of the great lessons for COVID. Maybe some of us aren't at, at the hospitals or doing things, but we can make a difference with the little things that God puts on our heart, right? In the world yes. that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. And just reaching out, as you had said earlier, just like a quick message or a quick note of, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? are you okay? You know, what can I be praying for, for you? Or, you know, that kind of thing is so important because we oftentimes think that we have to do these big, huge, heroic things for God to be pleased and to be obedient to him. But really just like you said, what he puts on our heart, we can just act on it. And even like the smallest or largest action, God doesn't measure. He just 
wants us to come and just be obedient and love and serve others. And I love that you have a podcast called Letters from Home. So tell us a little bit about that, Meg. How did that get started? And what is your heart for your podcast? Um, Well, yeah, I've had a podcast for a year and a half, Letters from Home. And I started this podcast because when I hear stories about how God is working, you know, a testimony, it encourages me so much. And I was at our church and this woman shared this incredible testimony. It was a Saturday morning and there was only 10 people there. And I thought everyone needs to hear her story. Mm. And one day I was Googling podcasts. I didn't really hadn't listened to any. And I thought, well, maybe I should start a podcast and get people's stories. Mm. And the second I thought about that, 30 faces came in my mind. And the lady whose testimony I heard was one of them. When I think of them and I see their faces, their stories encourage me so much. And I thought, wouldn't it encourage someone else too? So then I Googled how to start a podcast and just got my 20th episode out this morning, actually. Congratulations. That's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, that's a ministry of encouragement mm-hmm. and lifting up through the hard things in life. Because life isn't easy for most, most of us. There's something going on. And to hear while we're cleaning little t- testimonies of how God has worked always lifts me up. Yeah. I love that how you said right away, 30 names or 30 faces popped into your head. The testimonies are so important. Sharing our great story and the things that God has done in our life and transforming us. And then it just, it does encourages and inspires other people, especially when people think, gee, I didn't think that God could use me because this or that happened in my life or, you know, everybody has a story. So it's amazing to give people a platform to be able to share it. And like you said, because of the fact that, you know, there was only 10 people. And of course those 10 people probably left that place and told other people, but like you were saying on your podcast, cause you can reach people across the ocean. I mean, you have people that are listening to your podcast internationally. So that's, that's amazing. And uh, it just reminds me of that scripture in revelation that says, um, triumph over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony letters from home it's a wonderful podcast and yeah congratulations on the you said the 20th episode or yep nice that is awesome and i love how you were sharing with me about parenting the kids in their adult years now and how that has just been a blessing to you and that you're involved in Moms in Prayer. That's a national, is that national or international Moms in Prayer? It's international. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And so there's probably a chapter every county, right? There is. Yep. You can just search Moms in Prayer group and put your city in there. And um, mm. it's, it's a great thing to be in that. We actually have a Zoom prayer meeting. I just um, had one on Wednesday. Every, every Wednesday we have a Zoom prayer meeting and it's invaluable to pray for your kids because there are going to be the tough times you know I think one of the tough times for us was not all of the kids just fully embraced their faith out Mm -hmm. of the house and it was so surprising and so hard it was crushing in a way because you just assume you didn't know that you had this ideal in your mind but one thing when you when you feel so connected to Lord and to other women in prayer 
and you pray for each other's kids. I think of all the things I've been through with my prayer group. We have prayed through so many difficulties and we still are praying. It's a beautiful journey that we're on together. Mm-hmm. And Doris, you know, I can't wait to have you on uh, my podcast too. Speaking of uh, beautiful stories and the second I met you and I thought this is one precious woman who is making a difference in her world and I can't wait to help get her story out there. Oh, thank you so much. What a blessing that is. And I feel the same way, Meg. I was like, Meg has to get in my podcast right now because <laughs> it, you know, God puts people together. They continually say this. He puts people together so that we can um, encourage one another, lift each other up as the word says, you know, for us to do. And so that we can all be healthy disciples and part of the body of Christ, all with the goal of working, loving, knowing him and the furtherance of the kingdom. So Meg, another thing too, I wanted to get back to, we were talking about parenting adult children and how we can be encouraging to them and listen to them. And I know that you were sharing some things with me when we were talking about you being a guest on the podcast about how the most difficult season beyond the difficulties that you've had in your childhood was having to do with parenting kids in their 20s. So if you could expand a little bit about that, I would, I would love to hear that. I know the listener would be encouraged by that too. Sure. Yeah. Well, probably five years ago, my husband and I were just had, had the worst week of our lives, the worst month of our lives. And I mean, I went through abuse as a kid. I didn't go into that, but I went through some really hard things as a kid. And I just figured, oh, that's, I've been through all the things I'm going to go through. Nope. Like, for, for example, one of our daughters, she was off away in college and having quiet times and just kind of living college life. Next thing we know, she's, she's expecting, she's pregnant. And that really changes your world when you know your daughter's in college and then she's pregnant. And, and of course you just say, the first thing is congratulations, honey. You know, we love you. It was hard for her to call. We had this really great conversation and God works so many good things. Her daughter's name is Shiloh, Mm -hmm. Shiloh, which means blessing from God. And so our daughter Havala said, And mom, that's why I named her Shiloh, because she is a blessing from God. And so that thing that can be really hard, or you think, oh, my world would be crushed if it happened. It's not. I mean, our daughter's a great parent. Her her daughter, Shiloh, is wonderful. And I have another another kid of ours. And this all happened like within a couple of weeks for my husband and me. She was going through a really difficult season and was at a very low point and alone. And she wasn't clear in her faith at that point. And while she was weeping in this very difficult, low, hard day, she had the songs that we had taught her at the dinner table come right into her heart. And that song Mm -hmm. was something to the effect of God is with you. And she she told me, mom, I just kept hearing it louder and louder. Mm -hmm. God is with me. God is with me. And so, yeah, those things that we teach them and that we labor to teach the scriptures, the things that they hear about us, they know, and it's all there and God is at work. Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful. And I love how you were explaining that and how it is encouraging that the it's the Lord's work. It's the Lord that will do these things. Like the Holy Spirit will bring back to their remembrance those things that they learned. 
so we don't have to worry about, did we tell them, you know, do we do enough? Did we tell them enough? But just the things that they remember oftentimes are different than the things that we remember teaching them or telling them or, or even the littlest things we wouldn't realize would be so impactful in their life later at a difficult and low time in their life. So just singing around the dinner table, how impactful that can be and never knowing how God was going to use that later. So that was beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Meg. Yeah. And the other people that God puts in the lives that you don't know about, another daughter of mine said, oh yeah, I was watching this Zoom message and she hasn't been going to church for a while, I don't believe. And she said, I was watching the Zoom message because uh, my coworker really wanted to do this. It was like a church message. And so, yeah, all the people God's putting in our kids' lives as well. Mm. He hears us. He's answering our prayers. He loves our kids more than we ever could. Yeah. That is so awesome. Love that. Love how God has all these workers in the harvest that he puts in the paths of our kids' lives, and they're just bringing truth into their lives and and encouraging them in ways that we could never fathom. So so that's wonderful. So beautiful. Amen, for sure. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that so much. I mean, from when they're little, you know they're gods. You just feel them as this beautiful gift, mm-hmm. and you know they're in God's hands. But when they get older, and in some, we're old enough. We have friends whose kids have died from cancer. We have friends who their prayer was an, a hard no. You know, I have a friend who mm-hmm. two of her kids were raped, two of her daughters mm-hmm. as teenagers, and your faith gets tested to the very limit to where you say wait, do I really believe they're in God's hands? And so as a mom and grandmother, that probably more than my childhood was the biggest lesson for me in life is to say, our kids really are in God's hands. And when we can lay hold, our heavenly father is a good heavenly father. He loves them and he is working and he's doing a work in our generation, in our family that we wouldn't believe even if we're told, and, and maybe, yeah, maybe maybe you have a kid who lost their virginity in high school, and it, you are mm-hmm. just, and it's overwhelming, and you think, oh, this whole earthly image kind of thing is, is, is marred, but it's not, because mm-hmm. every prayer that we've prayed for our kids, every desire, every hope, every passion, it is all still possible in heaven. God is working, and that for me was the single thing that changed my heart and when we can lay hold of that that god is is the healer he is Mm -hmm. the way the truth and the life and he's working once we lay hold on that that has changed motherhood for me and i am a little more free just to enjoy and to pray and know god's working not put so much pressure on ourselves i think as women oh no my kids i'm gonna ruin my kids i'm not gonna ruin my kids when they're little (laughs) you know we get so caught up in so many things but we can just lay hold of is that our Lord loves us and he loves our children and he's working, right? Yes. Yeah. Right there. That what you just said, that's going to encourage so many people today because it's true that we take it upon ourselves, you know, about the choices that our children make and that when we can get to that point where we just surrender control, like Surrendering our kids, well, they're already his, right? But just surrendering the control of wanting to make everything perfect or the way it should be in our definition, because we have no idea what his bigger picture plan is and how he is working all things together for good. And, you know, that we just 
have to trust that, you know, what you said, just trust that they are his and encourage them wherever they are and love, love them through it all. (laughs) And I, you know, I have a verse for, for your listeners, because this is a verse that I've prayed probably thousands of times Mm. and Jude 24. It's such a beautiful, beautiful verse, but it says, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with great joy. You know, when I think about that, that's definitely something God can do and he does, but he is able to present each one of our children and our grandchildren faultless and me. I have a hard time believing that about me, but but then I don't also because God is big. And I think that's one thing we can all see through the pandemic. You know, if we thought God was small and we're just praying little prayers for our family and for the world and God said, Hey, wait a second. I've got the attention of the whole world in yeah. a matter of a week. Yeah. And we think God's small, but God is so big and he's working. And so that's something that keeps me grounded and that passionately and fiercely seek to pass on to moms, to teens And it leaves every day for me feeling hopeful and excited. And really, I I just want to see the Lord. I want to be ready to meet him face to face because life is short. I wanna I wanna see him face to face with my my loved ones there and that Mm -hmm. and and the people in our lives. So Yeah. Yeah, because that's what you said. What brings you joy is that you have a home prepared for you in heaven and for your family. So that's so important and it's beautiful and it is so encouraging all the things that you were saying and it's because especially now too it has been a super hard season for moms you know with having to navigate children having to be at home and they didn't really plan to homeschool and then they were kind of thrown into having to do that and that can be very challenging but with your encouragement right there that was great great advice too, to just listen and just to know that they belong to God and to continually pray. Those are just three amazing takeaways from what you were saying, among other things, (laughs) among all the other stuff you said, (laughs) which was awesome. So where can the listener connect with you, Meg, and find you for more encouragement, like your podcast and, and all the things? Well, hey, yeah, and if there's any mamas out there struggling, I'm a, I'm available. I'm, I'm I got time, but uh, my my website is lettersfromhomepodcast.com, and my email is lfhpodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Just look, just search letters from home in the search bar. If you know someone who's got an amazing uh, story, and feel free to give me an email or shout out. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing all of that and for inviting the listener to either reach out to you to be a guest or if they know someone with a testimony that they can share on Letters from Home. And I love that name, Letters from Home. It just, it's just, just warms your heart. Thank you so much for being a guest today. It's been so amazing. And um, I just, I've been encouraged by what you had to say. And I know that you know, the listener is, has been also encouraged by what you've had to say, and they can hear more encouragement on your podcast. And you have had some really 
cool and interesting guests with, you know, amazing testimonies of how God has just transformed their life and brought them through a lot of difficulties. And, you know, the same heart here for Fierce Calling is just to um, encourage and inspire women to take action, you know, where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect and know that they can use their gifts to impact the world, no matter where they've been, what they've done, what's been done to them, you know, God can use them in, you know, any season of their life for his glory. And I love that you're a grandma too. You don't look like a grandma. <laughs> you're not the typical grandma. You know? But I think all of the things, you know, that you do too in ministry life and all of that, it just keeps you young at heart and able to just feed into um, the lives of others and the moms out there. So thank you, Meg. That's so encouraging. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, Doris, for having me on your podcast. You're so sweet and your, your love for the Lord and for women just shines through. And I can't wait to keep listening to all the beautiful guests that you have on and hearing your heart. Oh, thank you so much. God is so good. Love, love, love talking with you today, Meg. Thanks, Doris. Keep being fierce. All right. You too, friend. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. I'm pretty sure what Meg had to say was encouraging and inspiring for you. I know it was for me. I had such a great time talking with her. It is so important for us to share our experiences and to reach out to those who are younger than us and encourage them. Encourage other moms. Encourage our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews. It's so important right now, especially with all the things that the world is going through. It's a really tough time and it weighs heavy on our hearts. And God has compassion and God knows what that feels like. Jesus experienced emotions here. We know he wept. We know he felt heartbreaking burdens for the people, his people, when they would turn from God. So turn to him and tell him what you're worried about, what you're thinking about, what's troubling you. Prayer changes things. And when we gather together and pray, it is a powerful thing. So friend, don't hesitate to share your prayer requests with Meg or with me, because we would love to help and lift those up to the Lord for you. You can connect with Meg on her website, lettersfromhomepodcast.com, on her Facebook and Instagram pages of the same name, and she also has a LinkedIn site that you can check out. It's all in the show notes for you. And I'd, of course, love to connect with you as well. So subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. And be sure to join my personal email list. It's at daraswift.com. When you go to my site, a little box will pop right up for you. And it says, you're invited. Because friend, you're invited. You're invited. And we want to just join together and impact the world for Christ, right? Because every woman has a fierce calling. Every woman of God has a fierce calling. And I hope this podcast encourages you to walk deeper. And as you go, that you step out in faith and do what God's calling you to do. And I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman to share where she's taking action, where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week. Stay hopeful. Jesus is our hope. Christ in us is the hope of glory. So be blessed, and I'll talk to you soon.